When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Bong. Bong. What's that, huh? What? What's going on? Bong. Oh, no. That's the sound of a clock that's striking midnight right now. Twelve more of those. Twelve more of those. Bong noises right in your ears. Bong. They're coming at you. Oh, no. What could possibly be going on? And then a ghost walked into my bedroom and said, Tonight, you're going to be visited by three ghosts, Jason. The ghost of podcast past. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess the other two, right? Present and future. Oh, no. Are there going to be scary ghosts? Maybe. I guess we'll find out because you must now do a show. Do a podcast. That's what you do, right? It's your thousandth episode. The ghost. That was the ghost mispronouncing that. Not me. A ghost. You better learn how to pronounce words. Yes, it's episode 1000 of Dead Rabbit Radio. And we're going to take a look at some creepy tales from... My past, the present, and the future. You guys know the gimmick, right? On today's 1,000th episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Boom! Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. That's not another episode. It's episode 1,000 of Dead Rabbit Radio. Who would have ever thought... We would get this far. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I have a whole numbering system that's only three digits. I don't know what I'm going to do now to keep track of this stuff. I guess just add another digit. But thank you so much for what's my normal intro. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garvener. I'm having a splendid day. Hope you're having a splendid day as well. We're walking around the snowy streets the day after Christmas morn. And we're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to talk about... Some stuff that I have to clear up. There's this one story that I know you guys, I know some of you guys have been like, dude, is he ever going to address that? Or <laughs> what's going on? We'll get to that in a second. And then we'll, we got we got some cool stuff to talk about. If this is your first episode, maybe, you know, listen to the first 999 episodes. Oh, I guess I should start off by saying that. This is an episode 1000. This is most likely episode 1005. I've made some errors numbering episodes. People have pointed that out and... I would say thank you. Thank you for letting me know I made that error 100 episodes ago. It would take me forever to try to correct it. But anyway, guys, seriously, thank you guys for being on this journey. Whether this is your first episode, and that'll be a weird one, or your thousandth episode, welcome. And thank you for being part of the Fluffle, part of the dream team that is Dead Rabbit Radio. And since you're so special, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode today. Let's go ahead and start off. I'm going to give you the keys of the Jason Jalopy. Let's leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to Portugal. And as we're driving out there, the ghost of Christmas past jumps out of the trunk. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm along for this journey as well. Because we're headed back into the past. Specifically, we're headed back to episode 914. Transmorphers, an interactive adventure. And I'm like, no, that was the scariest episode I ever did. I'm trying to, like, fight the time travel. Like, no, no, I'm punching clocks. But it's useless. It's useless. Eventually, we are back on July 18th, 2022. That is when I put out Transmorphers, an interactive adventure. I love doing interactive adventures. They're a lot of fun, but they're also a lot of work. They have to kind of happen organically. I really just can't sit down and go, I'm going to try to find a bunch of associated stories. It takes forever. It takes forever to put together just any episode of this podcast. 
but it's extra work when I'm trying to come up with a theme, right? Have all these stories that are kind of related. I usually get one maybe every one or two seasons. So maybe out of 100 episodes, there's one interactive adventure. I love them. You guys seem to enjoy them as well. But little did you know, some people knew. Some people knew, and they made it very well known that they knew. They uh, were laughing at me. Little do most people know that in episode 914, I... I just wanted to talk about people turning into things that aren't human. Because that's a big fear of mine. I think the idea... And it's very... If I turned into a tree, but I don't remember being a human, I'm totally fine with that. As long as I'm, like, well-watered and I'm in, like, a cool spot. Maybe I'm a palm tree on a beach. I can throw coconuts at pirates. Or, like, a big oak tree with a swing so kids are swinging on. Breaking my branches just to watch them fall. <laughs> as long as I'm like a cool tree, not like a weeping willow or something lame sitting in a swamp. That would suck. Got frogs all over me. But also, I wouldn't care if I was just a tree and didn't have a human mind. But if I if I was a tree, I mean, how many times can you watch the sunset before you're like, can you, can you plant me closer to the house so I can watch Disney Plus? The idea of being having a human consciousness trapped in the body of a beast or like an inanimate object terrifies me terrifies me and i've always tried placing where i got that fear i often quote the doctor who episode and there's a doctor who movie about a man who turned into a statue i think that terrified me i think josie packard turning into a doorknob on, on twin peaks that shows so great it's so weird josie packard became a doorknob or a knob on a dresser if you got to be specific that stuff terrifies me So I found these related stories that were about people changing into things. And again, it was fairly organic. Like, I think I had one or two stories like that. And then I just stumbled across two more. Well, one of those stories, I was like, oh, this would be so terrifying. And it's funny. If you listen to the way I talk about the pig man from Portugal. So a couple of people know where this one's going. The way I talk about the story, the pig man from Portugal. I'll put the episode in the show notes. I'm like telling it, I'm telling it as if it's a real story, because I don't know. I don't know. See, here's the thing. I live in the world of the paranormal. So when I hear things that other people would think that's unbelievable, I go, maybe, maybe, you know, that might might be true. You might might be able to become a pig person. And this story I found on the X-Board... And just a brief overview. These four young men were walking home from a bar one night. They looked down the alleyway. And they saw like a monstrous sight. The silhouette of a creature standing at the end of this alleyway. Had a t-shirt that was too tight. So his stomach was showing. His, and they described it as a bifurcated belly. So like the fat folded in upon itself. He had like a sunflower hat or like a wide brim hat. And had a purse on as well. And these four men beat it up because they were drunk and they were scared. They beat this thing up and they took his purse and all that was in the purse was some kernels of corn. And I tell that story the same way I would talk about something I read in the New York Times. I do a little more mood building, but you know what I mean? Like I'm like, wow, maybe this happened. And if you pick number three, you're a pig person. I released the episode. This is back when episodes were still getting released on YouTube. Imagine if you walked imagine if you walked into a dinner party and you had a big pudding stain on your back. But you don't know it. You don't know what you're like, oh no, that's dessert. That way when I get hungry, I just take my jacket off and lick it. You don't know the pudding stains there. And you walk into this party and you're waving to people, and people are like, hey, what's going on? You know, hey, what's up, man? And you start to hear people snickering. (laughs) Oh my god. You don't know what they're snickering at. (laughs) Maybe they're snickering at that loser who came in behind you. Yeah, that guy's totally lame, but not me. You hear a little bit of snickering here and there. But the longer you're at the dinner party, the more it just becomes outright laughter. (laughs) And then you realize they're literally pointing at you. And finally, someone comes up and goes, Hey, buddy, um, you got some pudding on your back. That's what happened with this pig man of Portugal story. 
And and everyone who pointed this out, they didn't do it in a mean-hearted way, but it was funny because I saw the YouTube comments start to roll in, and people started... People originally were just like, LOL, I can't believe you talked about the Pigman of Portugal. And then, sure enough, people started to say, hey, that that's a real story, dude. Like, that's a that's an inside joke. It's It's a real story, but it's about this guy. I'm like, what are they talking about? So, it turns out, it turns out that the story is real in a sense. And I did not know this at the time. I started to piece this together through YouTube comments and I started doing some research and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh no, this is not going to end well. And what sucks is I, I, I left the episode up. I left the episode up on the podcast, but the YouTube video... I go, you know what? I'm gonna private. I'm gonna private this YouTube video for now. It was out for a while. Most people who watched it on YouTube watched it like within a day or two of it coming out. Nobody even noticed that I privated it. I'm gonna private it for now and see what my what I'm gonna do. I, there's really I couldn't do much because I thought for a second maybe I can edit out the Pigman of Portugal segment. But it was a choose your it was a choose your own adventure segment. You'd be it would be odd if people go, I pick number three. How come there's no number three? And then the rest of the episode, I think the Pigman of Portugal might have been the second story. For the rest of the episode, I kept referencing the Pigman story. So I listen to the episode and I go, I it would be butchered. Like I would have to take everything out. And I, I didn't want to. I will take out stuff if I have to. And that is something I do have to... Because, you know, sometimes I'm covering, like, these Reddit threads, and you never know. Like, I could put something out, and someone contact me and go, hey, you know, that was a story that I told, and I did never thought it would be on a podcast. Like, can you take that out? That's never happened to me. That's never happened to me. One person... <laughs> there is one person who did that, but they... One, I could never prove it was the same person who originally wrote the story on Reddit because the account got deleted. They came a couple months later and was like, hey, can you take that story down? And before I could even answer them, they then had a list of demands. Like I had to then have a 10-minute apology inserted in, and I had to write a letter to the mayor or something. I'm super bizarre, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. This is crazy. I'm just going to leave it up. I, I I would I would love to talk more about like these emails I'm getting from this person, but I feel like I would just be drawing more attention to what I can only and the, the, this is so bizarre. Maybe in a future segment I will, but he was actually making the original story weirder. But but if somebody came to me and said the the mayor the mayor is ever me with an axe, can you take this down? Um, I'll, sometimes I may not be, I may not be able to completely take it down, but I might be able to add something. A 10 minute long apology. I don't know what that guy was on about, but anyways, I'm looking at this. I go, I can't really uh, edit it out. I'll, I'll private it on YouTube, which I regret now because I didn't know this when you private a video on YouTube. And then when you put it back, all the comments are gone. All the comments are gone, which sucks because I hate doing that. But the reason why this video started getting a bunch of attention was because it is a true story, but it's not about a man turning into a pig. That's what I figured. I go, and I think I said in the episode, I go, could you imagine like being a human and then turning into a pig? So your clothes would get smaller and you would steal a hat to wear to kind of cover your face. It might not be the type of hat you would normally wear. You purse, <laughs> purse full of corn because you're eating stuff and you're still trying to hold on to the remnants of your humanity. Turns out that what I actually did was your lovable, naive podcaster who just wants to talk about pig people and ghosts, clones, all this stuff. I all of a sudden was standing in the middle of a war, apparently. I'm I'm vaguely aware of Ethan Ralph. Ethan Ralph is the host of, I think it's a podcast on YouTube called The Killstream. And he also has a website called the Ralph Retort, apparently. I know that he... I had to, I had to look some... I had to do a bunch of research, though, to figure out what was going on. Because in the YouTube comments, people were laughing. Laughing. And they're like, oh my god. You fell for the Portugal Pigman story? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a cool story. They said that really happened. So what happened was Ethan Ralph, apparently, I don't know how I would classify him. I think alt-right, 
I think that's even how he classifies himself. But Ethan Ralph is an alt right, and if that label's wrong, I apologize. But I was because I'm doing all this research, and people are calling him all sorts of different things. So I'm trying to find the the one thing that I saw a comment. So let's just say, and if I'm wrong, you put it in the YouTube comments. I'm sure you guys will be laughing about it anyways. Ethan Ralph, alt-right commentator, he runs with Nick Fuentes. He's kind of in that circle. Well, apparently, he has beef with this website called Kiwi Farms. And they're most, they were basically were set up to monitor Chris Chan activity. And then they just said, let's look at the internet as a whole and find these lol cows. So you have Kiwi Farm and Ralph, Ethan Ralph, fighting. Well, apparently, Ethan Ralph used to beef with this guy named Andy Worski, who I actually am familiar with. I remember him way back in 2016 when he was just putting out YouTube videos all the time. So you have Andy Worski and Ethan Ralph are fighting. Kiwi Farms and Ethan Ralph are fighting. Ethan Ralph and Nick Fuentes are friends. And then there's me. <laughs> there's me. A guy who just wants to tell a story about a shape-shifting pig man. That I found on the X board and I thought was really cool. Well, it turns out that... Because someone goes... I got a lot of comments. They go, Jason, there's an actual video footage of this attack. What it was, was Ethan Ralph went to Portugal. Because that's where Andy Worski... Like, his ethnicity is. I don't know if he was born there. But, you know, he's Portuguese. So Ethan Ralph goes there to troll Andy Worski. And while he is there... He's, like, live-streaming, and people know his location. So two people, I guess, followed him to Portugal and beat him up on camera. There's a video of Ethan Ralph getting beat up, and he is wearing a shirt. Like, as he's getting beat up, his shirt gets pulled up. So you can see his stomach, and he's wearing, like, a sun hat, and he has, like, a man purse on him. All of a sudden... I found myself standing and like basically there's this war going on between all these factions and I'm just I'm walking through the middle of this battleground going, anyone seen a pig person? I'm looking for some fun stories for my paranormal podcast. And I remember when that came out, I thought, I don't know what to do. Like, I just here's the thing, because the show's daily, I just kept putting out episodes. But in the background, I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. I can add an intro to it in that episode. That was one idea. But I go. It wouldn't make any sense to go, hey, this next story is super political. This next story is so political, I wouldn't have covered it if I had known. But enjoy. I could have added an out. Because it was a couple days. Like, it took a couple days for these comments to start rolling in. And I was like, okay, so now what do I do? And I go, you know what? I'll just address it on a later episode. So now here we are, 80 episodes later. I'm addressing it. I, I think the episode still works. I think it's a fun story. And the reason I think it's important to listen, I, I know that I'm naive and I know that I want this stuff to be real. Like I get that. That's part of me. And we've told stories that turned out not to be real. I don't tell a story that I know isn't real. Unless we're going to dissect it or we're going to go, this is why. Like monkeys don't exist, obviously. I don't believe in that. But we talk about that all the time. We dissect it, we look at it, we make fun of it. I don't read creepypasta that I know is fake. If I know it's fake, I would never have covered it. If I knew this was a meme, I would have never covered it. But I get that that's me. That is my ghost of Christmas past. That night, you know, the naivety of me when I want to, when I read this stuff, you know, because I want to, I was like, oh, dude, this is really cool. Like, even though it was creepy, it was really cool. And then it turns out it was. It was just such a weird situation to be in. It really was. And it was a situation that I just didn't know how to rectify. Or if it even really needed to be rectified. I think if everyone involved... I think most people wouldn't care. I don't think Ethan Ralph or Nick Fuentes or Andy Worski or Kiwi Farms... I don't think they would care at the end of the day. I think they might all think it's funny. I don't know. Maybe maybe Ethan Ralph wouldn't think it was funny. I think if you if you looked at it and you go, oh, he was tricked. This was a he was honestly tricked by this. I think then you could go, well, that's ridiculous. Like he heard this story and he thought it was real. I wasn't super stressed out about it. I just I was puzzled more than anything. I was puzzled and I didn't know what to do next. So I just kind of let it sit there. I did 
put the uh, YouTube episode in private, but I kept the the podcast episode up. It's never been edited, and I still think it's a good episode. It sucks that that story's fake. I would much rather have a world where there are pig people walking around, but you know that's part of the part of the nature of being a paranormal researcher. So that is my ghost of Christmas past. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of. Well, I guess I also guess I needed to correct that story, right? I needed to correct that story. I just didn't know how. So there you go. That's how we do it. But, you know, that's that. We have that done 80 episodes late. Let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider and jump off the highest point in Portugal. Let's glide all the way out to a mortuary. <sighs> Luckily, the ghost of Christmas passed. Uh, used to be a burglar. <laughs> used to be a burglar when he was still alive. So he's going to jimmy open this lock, and we're going to walk into this morgue and make yourself comfortable. <laughs> make yourself comfortable around all these recently deceased bodies. I got my feet up on a table. The reason why we're sitting in this morgue is because it's so funny. The stuff that we don't cover on the show. I have a list of stories that are some of the most disturbing pieces of content I think I could put out. And it's so funny to think about what the show... At a certain point, I'm going to have to start a second podcast. I've really just come to that point, and it's not I can't let it interfere... With the five episodes a week of Dead Rabbit Radio, but well, you go, Jason. You go. The other thing is, you can just not tell those disturbing stories. I've always thought about, well, not always, probably in the past year, of starting a side podcast called Dead After Dark, which is, I mean, guys, seriously, like I'm like I almost need to get these stupid stories off my hard drive. Just because when I'm looking through stuff, I was like, oh, Zaya, like, why do, I have, why do I keep this file here? I should hide this file. Just dark stuff. And I guess that's the thing. I could just not do them. I really like doing the TikToks because that allows me to itch my true crime scratch. Or is it scratch my true crime itch? Because I really love true crime and I don't cover a lot on this show. Because what I've learned is that People who love paranormal don't like hearing about people getting brutally murdered. I've realized that. It took me a couple of years. People who love true crime, it's nothing. It's nothing. They can totally read a story about kids getting sliced in half and then switch to a ghost story. It's like a continuation. And then those kids became ghosts and they haunt the house to this day. But people who are into the paranormal, people who are into UFOs don't want to hear that stuff at all. They don't want to hear any of it. And it's so funny because when I started the podcast, I thought paranormal conspiracy, true crime. I, I talk in the, a lot of those early episodes, too, about the Venn diagram of these things kind of colliding. And I think I overestimated that Venn diagram. I think true crime is more separate I think people who are into paranormal, they can listen to the cool conspiracy theories. And people who are into conspiracy theories can listen to the paranormal stuff. But the hardcore true crime stuff. And that's why I, nowadays I, and I only do one true crime story a week. And it's not any of the gruesome stuff. <laughs> Jason, I'll disagree with that. You've told some horrible stuff on here. Yeah, trust me. It gets worse. Like, I have these files ready to go. So I'm always thinking about doing a side side podcast. But what's interesting is looking at the stuff I don't cover. For example, there's two stories that I've mentioned multiple times. One story, people go, are you going to cover it? Are you going to cover it? I still get emailed to this day about that story. And the other one I've mentioned two or three times and nobody talks about it. And it's super interesting to me that nobody ever even asks about the second one. The first story that I've mentioned once or twice on the podcast is Lost Summer. And it's a story about my personal experiences involving the world of conspiracy and the world of the paranormal. And it took place over the course of about a summer. And I will never tell that story on the podcast. I've never, I, I've never told that story to anyone ever. And the reason why is because it involves other people. 
So, like, if I'm telling a ghost story, if I'm saying, yeah, me, Josh, and how we went out ghost hunting, and da-da-da-da-da-da, who cares? They're not going to lose their job. The mayor of the town's not going to chase them if they ever went ghost hunting. But if there's a conspiracy story, I can't tell that story. Because we're going through things together. And for me to then years later, I mean, it's been, what, 12, 13 years, for me to just talk about it nonchalantly on a podcast, when someone was at first confiding in me, for me to then tell that story, when this person was talking to me, I didn't have a podcast. It was just me and this person having this conversation. There's also the thing is the story is it's several things. It's bizarre. It's unbelievable. It's anticlimactic. And in a weird way, even though I experienced it, parts of it may not be true. Not in the sense that I made anything up, but things that this person was telling me may not have been true. So decisions that were made based on conversations the conversation, you know, you you understand. If someone's telling you something, some of it may tr- be true, and some of it may be false. And to be honest, I don't even know if this person's still alive. I don't even know if this person's still alive. But I feel like I would be betraying what they told me for entertainment on a podcast. That's the first story. People have asked me multiple times, are you ever going to tell Lost Summer? Or are you ever going to tell Lost Summer? And it's so funny because it's getting hyped up and it's super anticlimactic. And if I told it, you'd be like, huh, that's it? But you still have to have that. You still have to have, if someone's telling you something in common. And I've had people email me about stories I've done. High-ranking people in the world of conspiracy theory have emailed me and said, would you like more information on this topic, but you can't tell anyone about it. And I told them, I go, nowadays as a researcher, I research stuff to share it. See, back then, last summer, it was just about the acclimation of knowledge for myself. I told this person more recently, a couple years ago, they said, we, I can give you more information on it, but it's just for you. I said, I appreciate that. Uh, but the researcher I am today is to share the knowledge. So I, I uh, politely declined the conversation. And they said, thank you. Like, I mean, that was fair. I was coming at it at that level. Now, if they had said, let's talk about this, and I don't care if it's on the podcast, that would have been a different situation. But they, the acclimation of knowledge for myself, that there's nothing wrong with being a researcher like that, but I'm not that researcher anymore. The story that I've mentioned a couple times that nobody ever asks about, which I think has the best title out of all of, all of them, is the snuff film from outer space. Now, the reason why I don't tell that story, I've, I've had that story ready to go for probably a year and a half to two years. It is sitting right in my ready-to-go file. It's kind of like my storage center. I look at it all the time. The snuff film from outer space, the reason why I don't cover it, and it's so interesting because I, I, there's a, I see a lot of parallels between myself and this man known as Timothy. There's this guy named Timothy. And I see parallels between us. He says that what happened was... And see, here's the thing. I don't want to go into a ton of detail on it. I'm still debating on whether or not to do it. The problem is, is that you cannot tell the story without completely doxing private citizens. Like, there's no way to tell the story without that. Because what he believes is that he saw a murder take place on a beach... And then it was turned into a staged suicide. He saw it, and someone he was fishing with that night saw it. They covered it up. They made the body look like a suicide. But if you go to Google Earth and go to these direct coordinates, which is this house backyard. I mean, this guy goes hardcore. He lists names and addresses and personal photos of people. He's dropping this stuff all over the internet. He's dropping it all over 4chan. He's dropping it all over Quora. 
He's dropping it all over Reddit. Personal photos of these people. Addresses. If you put in this... And I feel like I'm just teasing you at this point, but... If you put in this Google coordinates, you will get the backyard of this house and there's blood stains. what he says are bloodstains on the beach. And he said the people who murdered this girl are so powerful, they're arms dealers according to him, the people who murdered her are so powerful that they want the image viewed from space. They want, it's basically their own personal snuff film. They want to be reminded. Now, this whole thing happened quite a few years ago, and I checked it. I checked it right before coming here to edit it. The picture's still up. The picture of the bloody beach. What's interesting is that he says, and I I verified this back in the day, he was correct. If you change it to street view, it's not there. But if you do it to the global view, it's there. And he says they're using their powerful connections, this family so they can view this snuff film from space let me get a date for the yeah i mean i got the document right here 2015 is when it happened it's an interesting look at a man who believes in a conspiracy theory it's also an interesting look at a man suffering from mental illness because i told you kind of a very very bare bones version of it he also the buddy with him apparently got shot with some sort of mind control beam and If I remember correct, let me look at my notes here real quick. I mean, I guess I am kind of doing it as much as I can. Um, He he got mind manipulated. He said the other witness got mind manipulated and got 30 years in prison. He doesn't say what his buddy did. He got mind manipulated. He went to prison for 30 years. Now it's Timothy's job to, to stop the snuff film from outer space. here's the thing, here's the real tragic thing, and this is where I kind of see parallels between myself and Timothy, is I did a ton of research on this. I really did look all this stuff up. I have these notes here. There was a young woman who committed suicide. He He names the girl, and he goes, this girl was shot on the beach, but they made it look like she committed suicide. I looked it up, and she did. she did die on the day that he said she did. I couldn't verify that she died of a suicide. Very rarely will they put that in like a death notice, right? But they have like... And the thing is, is I'm looking at this story and I've been looking at it for a year and a half. And I go, or two years, however long it was. I go, I can't tell this story without doxing these people. And this girl killed herself. Like this family is dealing with the tragedy of one of their loved ones taking her life. And I don't even think they know this guy's out there. I think they have no idea that Timothy is running around the internet claiming that she was murdered. Not only was she murdered, but they're controlling satellites in space so they can be reminded of that. They want to see that snuff footage from outer space. And I think it's so interesting because I... I, that's pretty much the segment. I guess I did do the segment as much as I could, you know, giving you the Google coordinates. See, that's the thing. Like on the one hand, there's a legal thing of me putting out stuff that can get, that's doxing. That's 100% doxing. When I'm releasing the information of an adversarial element of a story. When I'm talking about like a haunted Kmart and I go, and I'll say this a lot of times, I'm like, it's on third street in Claremont. So if you want to swing on by the, this, the, the Kmart's not doing anything wrong. Right. I'm not saying that this family's doing anything wrong, but Timothy is. So if I have a podcast where I give out Google coordinates or even just put it in the show notes, even though I would be disputing the conspiracy theory, and, and I do, I don't think what he's saying is true. And actually, I know what he's saying isn't true because he changes his argument based on where he's at. Posted on Reddit as, look at this mystery, look at what's going on. He posted on 4chan as Hillary Clinton killed this girl. He When he posted it on 4chan, he posted it on the poll board, the politically incorrect board, back in 2018. He titled it, Information That Will Lead to Hillary Clinton's Arrest. This blood is displayed like a sick trophy on Google Earth. The Clintons faked her suicide the next day. So, that's not true. See, we can look back to his earliest versions. He changes the story for the audience. But it's still a picture. I mean, it is a Google Earth photograph of these people's backyard. 
And the girl who died, committed suicide, she's she's one of the members of those families. So I would basically be giving out the address of a grieving family whose young daughter killed herself. And, and this is why I say me and Timothy are so similar. And I hope this I hope this isn't super boring for you. I hope this isn't super boring for you. I look at this and I go, what's the difference between him looking at this and thinking that it's a conspiracy theory? What we know for a fact is that a young girl died. You know, she was, I think she was in her 20s. I keep saying her young girl, but I'm, you know, 46. He keeps saying that she was murdered and this is a cover-up at the highest level. What's the difference between me? I remember a long time ago I did an episode, I'll put it in the show notes, but it was about a young couple. They took a boat off to go to an island in the middle of the night. And there's like four photos that were taken on a cell phone of like them on this island and her standing next to this lighthouse. And then they went missing. A couple days later, they found his body floating in the bay. And she's never been seen again. It's a true crime story. It actually happened. It's a mystery to this day. Fairly recent one. I think it's only been in the past couple of years, right? Put it in the show notes. In that episode, I talk about it, and then I go, "What if she got? <laughs> what if she got sucked away by a ghost? What if some paranormal darkness was on that island?" That that episode's always kind of stuck with me. One, I think it's a really good story, not necessarily the way I told it, but as a mystery in and of itself. But that episode's always stuck with me because at the end of the day, that's a real person who's missing. And I said a ghost might have done it. Now, do I believe 100% that a ghost did it? Am I going around the internet saying that a ghost did it? No. I mean, I did announce it on a podcast, but... And that's not the only true crime story that I've done that with. I do it a lot. I do it a lot. And so I, I, I look at... The way I approach true crime, I, dude, the TikTok, the TikToks are, are sometimes I can't even keep a straight face when I'm doing one of the true crime TikToks. The latest one, I was had a little stuffed gingerbread man dancing around. It was about this woman, this mother who got brutally stabbed to death. And I didn't set out to go. Let's make the funniest TikTok. I just happened to have a stuffed gingerbread man that I got for Christmas, and I thought he was cool looking, so I held him up in the video, <laughs> and I started laughing at him. Anyways. I do look at that and I go, me, the way that all kind of spin theories, am I really that different than Timothy? I think the difference is, is that I then don't go around the internet saying this is the only theory. But I mean, we've covered episodes, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but we've covered episodes where people have committed suicide and I'll go, but what if, what if it was a, what if it was a suicide demon? What if it was a curse? Of the social sciences building, all sorts of stuff, right? So I think about that. I, I Actually, it's funny. I should, I should keep this article up on my ready-to-go page just to remind me that, yeah. What's, what's, at the end of the day, what's the difference? Like, I guess there's a bunch of different... I'm not suffering from a crippling mental illness. I'm not running around the internet trying to promote this. I keep saying that, but I put out a podcast every single day. It's like one of the biggest paranormal podcasts out there. I can't, I can no longer say, well, you know, more people see that stuff than they hear this podcast. So it's not even close. I think it's a cool story. If I could, I, be, I mean, that's basically it. I've now told it in as much detail as I can. That, that's really it. The only thing I'm not giving out is the coordinates. So, you, And it really, it's just photos of this backyard with what look like two big splotch stains. He says she was murdered. Everyone else says it was suicide at her apartment, too. Not that she was killed there. So, yeah, I mean, if I didn't... I, I, it's an interesting story. That is the story. The the snuff film from outer space. And that's as much as I can tell. Because, yeah, you just got to be careful. Because, again, there's a, there's a chance that the family has no idea that this guy's going around spreading this stuff. And it's not just the fr family, but the friends and the family and the community. They don't know that this guy's saying all this stuff. And I've thought about it. Would you rather not know? He's, he's talking about it to this day. Like, he's still posting stuff all over. 
trying to get this story to be exposed. And I think it does need to be exposed in the sense that it's not true. It needs to be exposed for being a lie. And I can clearly say that because whatever website he's on, he changes the circumstances. If it was true, then it's true everywhere. But if he goes to a place that hates Hillary Clinton, and he goes, Hillary Clinton did this, then you're obviously just changing the story to get the audience. Will, and they didn't believe it either. <laughs> Politically incorrect, they tore him to pieces. They tore him to pieces. They go, that's not true. That's not true. They shredded him. I guess also he was a repeat caller on InfoWars back in 2018. There's a bit shoot video of that episode, but a legend has it that bit shoot video is still buffering to this day. I tried watching that bit shoot episode months ago and it will not load. It will not load. But it, it's crazy. It's crazy. And is there a comparison between me and him? I, I think in a way there is. I think in a way there is. I think in a way that sometimes I might be a little tasteless when it comes to some of my true crime stuff. I know that I laugh a lot when ghosts, when I'm talking about a kid getting killed and turning into a ghost, but it, a lot of times we don't even know if that kid ever existed. You know, that's, that's one thing, but interesting story. Interesting story. There's a man out there right now who believes that there's a powerful family that is filming a snuff film shot from space. And he is spending a lot of time trying to convince the rest of us that it is true, but I don't think it is. I think it's I think it's a sad story. I don't know why he's so fixated on it though. That's what's so weird. That's what's so weird about it. And you could go maybe he's fixated on it cuz he did see something. It was interesting cuz on 4chan they pointed out that when he was telling the story, he goes, yeah, me and my friend just got done fishing and we caught like a 30-pound bass. And they're like, really? That's how much of a boomer you are? You're trying to explain a conspiracy to us, but you still got to talk about your giant fish you caught. Like, what is this? They tore him to pieces. Not just because of the fish thing, but they're shooting holes in it. It's just such a weird story. It's not, you know, it's not unusual, though, for what we see. We do see people fixate on things. When we do the show. And let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world. Famous Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Timothy. We hope that he gets the help he needs. Right? He's definitely suffering from some sort of obsessive disorder. Possible mind-melting ray. That's the thing I don't ever really understand. If these people are so powerful and they know that these two guys saw it. Because they used the mind melting ray or the mind mindy, whatever it was, on his buddy, who then got thirty years in prison. Why don't they just why don't they just execute these people? If I was powerful enough, I would just kill everybody involved. That's totally what I would do. That's what I would do all the time. But anyways, that's actually a good segue. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's a good segue. Let's all hop in the carbon copter, take us up, up and away, fly us out of this morgue and all the way out too. The future. And there we are. We're just sitting in the cockpit of the carpenter copter and we're watching the future laid out in front of us. And this is a really interesting place to be. This this will be short. I'm not gonna ramble on for a long time, but it's so funny. When I started this show a thousand episodes ago, a thousand and five episodes ago. Never would have thought it would have gotten here. And it's funny, I couldn't have imagined what it is. Like, I could imagine, I don't know what, I mean, like, I imagined I would still be doing a podcast of some sort. But the fact that you're listening to it is amazing, right? I was sitting down, came home from a long walk, pulled my microphone up and started doing this. It's funny, going back to where I was when I sat down to record episodes one, two, and three, I kind of recorded them back to back. The idea of sitting down and going, I'm going to do a daily podcast, a, a solo daily podcast, it, that's nuts. Like, I knew that it had to be daily. I knew if it was weekly, I would have given up. I would have procrastinated and not done anything until the day before. I mean, I do that <laughs> I do that now. I do that now. I just do it five days a week instead of one. But I know me. I was like, I need to be busy every single day. With the podcast. And if it was a weekly show, I would not be busy for five days. I'd be playing Minecraft or whatever, and then I'd rush an episode out. Now I rush out episodes five days a week, but 
And now we're here, a thousand episodes, four years later. And in one sense, I I guess I could imagine what it would be like, but I didn't imagine it would be like this. That makes sense. I don't even know what I thought it was going to be. But it, it, it's interesting because then I don't really know what it will be in the future. Like, I know what I would want it to be. Is I want the show to pretty much be the same. I, I think, we, you know, if you listen to... I did an episode early on. I don't remember which one it was. But I was talking about, like, my best episode, my worst episode. I don't have those anymore. Because I think the show has become so... Like, I know what makes a bad episode now. Like, early on, I didn't. And I would record them. There's a couple episodes I was like, oh, that's awful. How did that even get released? I, I'll i be honest. This episode that I'm telling you, this is my second draft. I recorded 40 minutes of a other version of this, and I didn't like it. Like, I sat in this hot closet and sweated out for 40 minutes talking about... And different stuff, actually. Not even the same stories. Talked about the big man of Portugal. Then I talked about some other stuff, and I said, no, you know, this is boring. And I went outside, outside the closet. I didn't go outside. It's like 70 degrees out there. I went outside the closet and sat and watched a little bit of YouTube and go, okay, let's try this again. And so I think now I know, there's a whole episode about the coronavirus that's unreleased. Like, it's a good 40 minutes. And this episode came out in like March of 2020. Well, it didn't come out. I recorded it, and I go, it's boring. There's a, there's a lot of episodes like that that are just sitting on my hard drive. They're not entertaining. And so I think now I I don't I can't think of an episode in the past like 800 episodes that I I think wasn't good. Do I think they're all great? No. I think some I love the story about the tree. That's see that's what's funny is I'll say I loved the story. As far as the way I told it, as far as the episode was put together, I'm not for sure. But I love the story about the tree murderer and I love the story about the kids in Miami versus the demons. It's just like all of these things I can just kind of pick out. But it's like, you know, what, how do I envision the show in the future? I want it to be the same. It's so funny because if you listen to those early episodes, there's no catchphrases. That's what that's one thing I've loved about doing this show is it's it's evolved so naturally. There was this YouTuber I started watching recently and I watched maybe four or five videos and I was like, how long have they been around? And they had just started. They had just started, but they had all these catchphrases and all of these funny in-jokes. And I was like, this is so artificial. Like, this person came in and probably has a team behind her. And they had written all, like, this is what you need. You need these type of catchphrases. You need this sign-in and sign-off and da-da-da-da-da. And I, maybe that is how people do it. But, like, early episodes, we don't have the vehicles... You don't have to listen to every episode. Um, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Like all of these things evolved over time. And that's what I like about it. Like you can feel it grow organically. What's funny is I had completely forgotten about the conspiracy cap. Someone recently reminded me of that. And I was like, oh yeah, do we haven't worn a, worn a conspiracy cap in like 200 episodes. And it's I didn't get rid of it because I, I just I just forgot. But yeah, I, 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 I couldn't have thought that it would be where it's at. But now the show seems very settled, right? All of those intro elements are the same. There's little differences. I'm a little more jokey during the intro. You know, during the telling you what the two stories are going to be. But I couldn't have guessed that it would have taken this form. I would like it to just kind of stay this way. I would like for the show to have a bigger audience. That's nothing against you. Because the bigger the audience, the more things we can do. I would have always talked about this. I want to do on-the-road stuff. Just record out of hotel rooms and visit some of these places. Like, that. that is really... That would be... If anything... And it really wouldn't change anything about the show itself. See, we would still be doing five days a week show. But imagine if we did a show, did an episode in Dudley Town, Connecticut, or Stoll, Kansas... And, interviewing. I mean, it'd just be so great. I would love to do like maybe every so often, not during the five days. See, I like the five days a week being the same, but maybe we have like a Saturday or a Sunday interview every once in a while. 
with people, real people, not authors, not paranormal researchers, but real ghost stories from people in these towns or them telling us to get out. There are no ghosts. All that stuff. I love it. I would love that, right? But I'll be honest with you. I might have mentioned this before, but I'm not for sure. When I came back from vacation this year, the beginning of September, I was so depressed that I didn't want to do the podcast anymore. And it was nothing against the podcast. I had one of those depressions, and these are the worst type of depressions, that wasn't caused by anything. I was just depressed. I just sit there. And I started talking about wrapping up the show. What would that look like? I mean, obviously, I make money from the show now that if I quit doing the show, I would have to get another job to supplement the money that I'm making from the show now. I would have to replace that income because it's become part of how I'm paying my bills and getting groceries and things like that. And I remember sitting there and I was thinking, like, what does the end of the show look like? How, do, how does this end? And it was nothing against the show. It was just I was in that depression. And I remember I kept putting out episodes. Because that's what I do. I put out episodes. But I was doing stuff on the back end. Like usually when I do an episode, I keep multiple copies of each episode. And I have it formatted in a certain way. I'm basically creating these barriers from data corruption. And I'm also creating versions of this that you can remaster it at some point. I have a raw audio. Like I have an edited version that's pretty raw. So at any point, if we start getting a bunch of money, we can do full remasters of episodes. Some of them need it. And I stopped doing those little things behind the scenes. And I, because I, I, I go, what's the point? What's the point? I'm going to be quitting this podcast soon enough. But I knew because, you know, I've, I've struggled with depression. It doesn't happen as often as it used to. But I knew, and that's why I kept putting out episodes, that I wasn't depressed because of the show. It wasn't the show. I was just depressed. There was something chemical, most likely, that powered through it. But I do have to look at what does the end of the show look like. Like, that is an interesting question to ask. What does the end of the show look like? And when I say, and I've been saying, you, some of you guys might have noticed it. I've been saying it a lot. This show's going to go on for much, much longer. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. That's a response to how I felt in September. Like, I'm saying that stuff more now. You guys might notice it now that I've said that out loud. Because I have been saying that more in the past couple of months. I've been saying it on live stream. I've been saying it in the episodes. We're just getting started. we got so many more episodes coming out. I'm saying that because of how I felt in September where I was like, the show could end this week and I'd be okay. But that wouldn't be true. I was just depressed. I could have also said I could have lost my job this week and that would be okay. I could have nothing to eat this week and I would be okay because I was just depressed. And I pushed through it. It was only lasted about a week and a half, right? And I just pushed through it. I go, just keep putting out your, your episodes because you need to. You can't You can't go. I'm going to take another week off. I just come back from like a quite a long break, actually, because I was gone visiting my mom. So, yeah, I, I, I powered through it because I knew what it was. It was a chemical depression. It wasn't it caused by any real life events. But then I started thinking, like, what does the show look like? And I honestly don't see the show ending for a long time. I have a ton of stories to cover. There's more stories all the time. Some of them may be fake, like the pig man. But there's always more stories to cover, and I love covering them. I do. My fear, and we'll wrap it up like this is the last episode will come uh, abruptly. There are so many times when I record an episode and I go, what if I die now? <laughs> what, if, <laughs> what if I die before I even edit this? That's a cool episode. What if I die before I edit it? But obviously, you know, dying is something that I have to take into account. I want this show to outlive me. I And not just because I'm egotistical about the show, it's the research I want to outlive me. 
All of those show notes, all of those stories that people can then find stuff about. Maybe disprove a story they thought was true or maybe go down a rabbit hole of a story they never heard of before. So that's something that I've been trying to work on. You know, with Lipson, my podcast provider, once my bill stops getting paid, I believe everything disappears within 30 to 90 days. Like the website just all everything's gone. This isn't like a YouTube channel. You you pay to have your podcast hosted. So I'm putting, you know, measures in place like that. I have relatives that have passwords and something happens to me, they can log in and maybe change it from I pay $40 a month hosting, you know, drop it down to 5 or something like that. I'm currently trying to get my stuff up on the Internet Archive, but you know, I have a thousand episodes. It's taken a while. But I am. I'm trying to look at what the show, the future as the show. I hope it's the same. I love doing this show. I think it's a great format. I think it definitely can be improved. I think definitely there are things. The show's not perfect. When I say I want it to be the same, I mean more like the feeling of it. Like if all of a sudden we're bringing in 50,000 views an episode, we're making $10,000 a week. I don't want that to change the the feeling of it. You know, you know what I mean? We may I'd be like, "Okay, let's go someplace. Uh, let me let's get a recording studio set up." But the man behind the mic, I can't be different. I'll grow, I'll mature. I think when I listen to those early episodes, I I I I sound not tonally, but I I get some of those things I they sound immature. I've done a lot of growing in four years, Jason. You know what I mean? Like some of the stuff is like, dude, that's super cringe, bro. Why'd you say that? But I think the tone of the show is the same. It's the story of a dude, like I've always said, and I think this is the same thing from that very first episode to this one. It's your friend you work with who walks up to you during lunch and goes, dude, you won't believe what I saw on the internet today. That's Dead Rabbit Radio. That's the show. And I think it's always been like that. And I don't want that to ever change. The recording equipment can get better. The audio quality can get better. Get, you know, know how to mix stuff better. I think I've gotten better by just doing two stories an episode. Three stories was way too much. I didn't have confidence. The, generally, that meant that I didn't have confidence in one or more of those stories. So I crammed three stories into it. Right now, the episodes are about 45 minutes long, and I do two stories each. And that's perfect for me. Those are changes that work. I don't interrupt the story so much anymore. You listen to early episodes like Sam the Sandown Clown. I step all over myself that whole episode. I'm interrupting. That's a really cool story. I spend the whole time interrupting myself. So changes like that. And I saw those errors now. Who knows, you know, 500 episodes from now, am I going to look back at these episodes and go, oh, you made a lot of errors. Hopefully, right? You want to grow. But anyway, anyways, I'm going on too long. I'm going on too long. I know you, you've done doing your dishes and now you're just sitting there. But I'm trying to death-proof the show. That's kind of something I'm in the mood. I don't, I don't plan on dying anytime soon, but nobody does. I don't have any health problems. I'm actually fit as a fiddle. But... It would be nice to death-proof the show, have it somewhere where it won't just disappear. But yeah, that is... I kind of gave up the Ghost of Future... Did he show up? I don't remember. I don't remember the Ghost of Future... Whatever. Is it Ghost of Future Past? That's X-Men. The Ghost of Future Christmas? Christmas Future? Whatever. You can hear my voice is starting to get hoarse because I've been talking too long. But I love... I love you guys. I love you guys. I really do. If I die after this episode, right after I'm done editing it, you know that, know that, that I love you guys. And this has been an awesome journey. And we are just getting started. And I hope you guys believe that because I believe it too. I do believe the show is growing. I actually know that's a fact. I can look at the graphs, but it's, it's, it's going to be an awesome journey. And I hope you stay with us. You don't have to listen to every episode. Honestly, if you pop in every couple months, check out an episode, see if we're still here. That's fine, too. Or just keep listening to your thoughts as you go to bed. Go, oh, Jason's doing okay. Because I think about you guys. I really do. I really do. I think about you guys. I know some of you guys on a first-name basis. I know some of you guys on an internet-name basis. 
And some of you guys I just know are out there. We may have never interacted with each other. But I know we're part of something bigger, and that thing is called Dead Rabbit Radio, and I appreciate appreciate you being on this journey with me. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. If you know all the words, say it with me. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm so glad you listened to it today. <laughs>